second part of our series, Hello, It's Me. Here's your, man, let me down last week. Youth, you're all set. Even, even none of you sing the next line, and I don't know it, and I'm not Adele, so that wouldn't be a good thing. But I want to talk to you this morning about He Speaks to Me. So last week we talked about getting our hearts prepared, having our hearts right, and, and getting rid of the distractions and the different things that get in and get into our heart and stop us from hearing from God. And, and um, if you didn't hear that, then I encourage you to go onto our website, www.cfc.org.nz, and on there you can, you can listen to the messages. They're all on there. We've hit over a thousand people downloaded messages now and and um really want to encourage you like if you miss a sunday just listen to it you've got nothing else to do in the traffic for an hour and a half on the way to and from work so you might as well get some god into you and then it may help you if you road rage and so last week we talked about this that basically it's not that god has a speaking problem it's that we have a hearing problem and we have a hearing problem because there's so many things that distract us from hearing from him. But this morning I want to talk to you about he speaks to me. God speaks to me and God speaks to you. And we're going to start with a, a core scripture that we're going to use all the way through this series. Next week we're going to talk about the whispers of God. So we're going to talk about the different ways that God talks to us. And then we've got conference. And after conference, Trinity is going to do the final message in the series called How to Recognize the Voice of God. Basically, how do I know that was God speaking and not my pizza that I had for dinner the night before? And, uh, and it'll be really good for you. So let's start this morning at John 10, 3, which is one of our key scriptures as part of this whole series. And it says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, that is Jesus, and the sheep listen to his voice. And I love this part. It says, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He doesn't say, Oi, you lot, come on. He calls you by name. He speaks to you, to the individual, not to the group, but to the individual. God speaks, and he calls us by his name. How many people are excited this morning that he doesn't just go like sometimes what we do with our kids, yes? Oi, you fellas, come on. How many of you are thankful that God actually calls you by your name? He makes it personal. He makes it personal because it's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is not religion. This is relationship. God hates religion. I hate religion. I hate that stuff because it doesn't lead to relationship. Jesus is about relationship. It's about you and him. And you can't have a relationship with somebody who doesn't know your name. We do in church sometimes. We just go, hey, bro. Hey, sister. Hey, mate, it's Christianese for I don't know your name. And, uh, but Jesus knows your name, and he calls you by your name, and that's why you can have a personal relationship with him, because he knows you. And I just think that's so awesome, and, and I, you need to understand that he calls you, he speaks to you, and he doesn't just speak to you as a group, but he speaks to you individually because he knows who you are. And we're going to have a look at it a little bit and learn some lessons from a story in 1 Samuel about how God speaks to us. And uh, so I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel, if you've got your Bibles. You know, those are those old school things with paper that you flick yourself. And uh, nobody's got a sense of humor this morning. It's awesome. Thanks for leaving me hanging. 1 Samuel 3, 1-4 says this, The boy Samuel 
ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. How sad is that? That in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. I want you to understand the word of the Lord is not rare today. God is always speaking. And there were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. The other thing that I love about this part of the story is where Samuel was. Eli, says, was in his usual place. He went and lay down in his usual place. But Samuel, he, he, he made his bed beside the Ark of the Covenant. Now, for those that don't understand, the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament carried the presence of God. So Samuel was like 12 years of age, scholars say, at this time. And, and his whole thing was, I'm not going to go and sleep in the usual place. I'm going to get as close to God's presence as I possibly can. And, and he got his bed and he lay down right beside the ark. What a great example for you and I. It's like, it's like sometimes we can just get into our usual routine sometimes. But Samuel was like, man, I'm not going to go and sleep in my usual place because I'm sure he had a bed somewhere in the temple. I'm sure Eli didn't just, hey, there's, there's space for you outside somewhere. But he built his bed, he built the place that he slept as close to the presence of God as he could get. And then here's the interesting thing, then God speaks to him. And the story goes on and it says, Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. How, how many parents, come on, let's be honest this morning. How many parents have the 2, 2 a.m. walk into the bedroom? Go back to bed. Lay down. <laughs> this is not get up time. This is not play time. I saw somebody this morning said, can you please tell my child that play time is not two o'clock in the morning? I did not call you. Go back and lie down. And he went in and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. And he goes, my son Eli said, I did not call you. And it makes it sound really nice. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not that nice. As a parent, if my kid came in a second time, it'd be like, get your butt back in that bed or I'm going to... I know you're all awesome parents, but I'm not. He says, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to them, revealed to him. Because the word of the Lord was so rare, Here's Samuel at 12 years of age. He didn't recognize God's voice when God called him. It hadn't, he hadn't been taught how to hear God's voice yet. The thing that I do love about this thing is that, that God came again. He, he didn't just say it once to him, but he came again. You know, the cool thing about you and I is that as we go through our journey and as we go through our walk and we try to learn to discover God's voice and try to hear his voice, it, it's okay if you miss it the first time it's actually okay if you miss it the second time. It's actually okay if you miss it the third time. As you'll see in this story, God comes to Samuel a fourth time, and even then Samuel doesn't recognize the voice. It's just that Eli gives him a great piece of advice. And I think the cool thing about God is this, is that he doesn't stop talking to you just because you haven't heard him. Just because you're learning to hear him and you're going through this journey of discovering what his voice sounds like, then you haven't got it all worked out God doesn't give up on you. God still speaks to you. 
Even though you may mean, oh, I've never heard God speak to me. And, and, and you get people like me get up here and go, yeah, God was speaking to me during worship. And you're like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Was it audible? Was it, you know, was it on your phone? Like, how does he do this? And, and you go for a journey of learning and discovering how God speaks to you. The cool thing is this, if you've missed it once, don't worry, he'll say it again. Are you with me this morning? He'll just keep talking to you until you start to recognize his voice. Samuel was learning and he wasn't sure how to hear God's voice. And you've got to remember that God's voice was rare in those days. And Samuel didn't have it all worked out, so he didn't know what was going on. He wasn't a professional Christian. Yeah, he was just trying to sort it out. Are there any professional Christians in the house? None of us are. We're just all on the same journey. We're just trying to work it all out, yes? We're just trying to work it all out. I don't know how many times I have this, is that, a, is that God? Is it not God? Is that you? Is it not you? You know, if it's you, you know, I remember uh, a friend of mine saying once that, that if God ever wanted him to shift from where he was, he was, he was in a church in Sydney as a youth pastor, if God ever wants me to shift from here and go do something else, then he'd have to come and visit me in the middle of the night wearing a pink tutu with a million dollars in a suitcase. Funny thing is, he now pastors in San Diego. I don't think God ever visited him in a pink tutu and a million dollars. But you know, we, we kind of like, we do things like that, eh? Hey, God, if this is you, then, then, I don't know, when I get home, my wife will go, hello, sexy man. And that'll be proof that it's Jesus. I don't know, we do these weird things sometimes. But Samuel was just, he's just like us, man. He's just trying to work this thing out. And it goes on in the story and it says, a third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. Then Eli, it's like, oh, realized the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Best piece of advice Eli ever gave. Great piece of advice. It's like, instead of trying to work out whether this is God or not, just go back to your bed, lie down and go, speak, Lord, I'm listening. What a great piece of advice that you and I could have, especially when we go through stuff. We go through circumstances. I was so reminded of that this week as different things broke down on different days. It's like, hold on a sec, speak, Lord. Don't let, don't let your circumstances, don't let the situations be so loud that you don't stop long enough to hear God's voice in the midst of it. That's why I love the story of Peter walking on water so much, and I've shared this before, but he never asked God to stop the storm. He just asked God for his command in the middle of the storm. In other words, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What do you want me to do? I think it's such a cool thing that Eli's advice to Samuel was that simple. Just go lie down, do what you were doing before, but when he calls you this time, just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Great peace of advice. And then, of course, the story goes on and says here in verse 10 and 11, it said, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, 
I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. The words he comes to and he says to him, Samuel, I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something so crazy. And in Israel, when people hear about it, the ears are going to tingle. I love that God's first conversation with Samuel is an announcement. Yeah, God's an announcing kind of God. Every time I've heard him speak to me or, or felt like he's speaking to me, he's, he's always making an announcement. God's always declaring what's about to happen. With Moses, he makes an announcement about leading the people out of, the, out of slavery and into the promised land. With Mary, he makes an announcement that Jesus is going to be born of her. With the shepherds, he makes an announcement about how the king is coming and he's going to change the world in Jesus. God, God always loves to make announcements. It's, it's, it's almost like he, he, just, he can't keep it to himself, so he's got to tell somebody. He's just so excited about what's going to happen. I, I need to tell you what's about to happen. Let me, let me make an announcement this morning. It's, it's not kind of like the announcement I had to make last night to Seth when he kept walking past me while I was on the couch trying to watch the rugby and he kept hitting me and kicking me and I made an announcement. If I have to get up out of this chair, boy, there'll be trouble. It's, you know, I made an announcement, but God doesn't make those kind of announcements. God doesn't make an announcement about a butt whipping that's about to come your way. God makes an announcement about deliverance or Jesus being born or the King of the Jews is coming, the King of the world, the Savior of the world is coming. God always, when He speaks to us, makes announcements about what He's going to do. I love in the book of Isaiah, behold, I do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? God's always talking about what is to come. I love that when God speaks to us and when He normally speaks to you or speaks to me, He's always making an announcement about something. I find it quite interesting that sometimes when I'm asking God to speak to me about a situation, He doesn't actually tell me, doesn't actually come to me and go, hey, that situation that you're going through right now, let me know how that's, let me tell you how that's going to pan out. He, he doesn't really do that. He just makes this announcement. And you don't realize the announcement that he made until after you've gone through the circumstance and you get on the other side and you're like, oh, that's what that was about. Because God always speaks to what is to be, not what is actually happening. He always speaks of what's to come, not where we're at. And I love the fact that Samuel, the first time he hears from God, it's this announcement. I'm about to do something, Samuel, that is so crazy that those that hear it, their ears will tingle. What a great first conversation to have with God, yeah? How many people here would love to have a conversation with God like that where he announces something and lets you know that something great is about to happen in your world, that something great is about to happen in your family or in your community? I love that Samuel says this, it says this about Samuel in verse 15, it says, Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And so the, the space between there, God talks to him about what he's going to do. But I love that Samuel didn't really change anything. It's not like he, he was like, oh, now God's spoken to me. You've got to remember the word of the Lord was rare in those days. He didn't turn around and go, hey, everybody, God spoke to me. Let me tell you about what's about to happen. No, Samuel just got up, continued on serving just like he always had. Didn't get a big head about it. I love that out of everyone that God could have spoken to that night, he chose a young boy that had never heard his voice before. 
I love that God did that. I love that, that, that he spoke to a kid that didn't have it all together. I love the fact that he spoke to a kid that didn't even understand what was going on. I love that God didn't give up on Samuel when he didn't understand the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time. Why do I love all that? Because it helps me and it should help you to know that I don't have it all together. You don't have it all together. I don't understand half the time. You don't understand half the time. We don't always hear God the first time, the second time or the third time or the fourth time. But that's okay, because God will keep speaking to you until you hear Him, until you recognize Him. It's, it's not about getting it right. God won't give up on me, and He'll keep calling my name, and He'll keep calling out to me. And here's the cool thing. If God isn't going to give up on me, because He's always going to continue to speak to me, even when I don't hear Him, friend, don't give up on Him. Oh, but I've been praying for weeks and weeks and I just haven't heard God speak. You don't give up on Him. It's not that He's not speaking, His friend. It's just, we just haven't tuned in yet. And it's not your fault and it's not His fault. It's just that we're learning. We're learning. We're trying to understand what's going on here. And sometimes what we need is just another Eli that will turn around and say, Hey man, next time that happens, say this. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I just think it's so awesome that he was just a kid that was just trying to work it out, didn't have it all together, didn't even understand what was going on. But God didn't give up on him. God won't give up on you either. God will keep speaking to you. So often I'm reading my Bible or, or praying and sometimes I think God just doesn't want to, think, want to speak to me. I don't know about you, but... I just kind of think sometimes I can fall into that trap that, that God doesn't want to speak to me, that, you know, he, he speaks to the spiritual elite. You know, like, you, you guys are there, oh, yeah, he speaks to pastors, but not to us. He speaks to Dave Morgan because he has Moses' bed. He's spiritually elite. You know, he's like a top-shelf Christian, you know, because he's got it all together. You know, he's a spiritual giant, and, 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 I, and I get that God speaks to those people. I mean, God speaks to Pete because he sits in the front row and plays bass, and everybody knows that God loves bass players more than any other guitarist. I know that because my daughter's a bass player, so I know that she's truly loved. You know, so I get that God speaks to them, but, but, but God ain't going to speak to me. I mean, I, I hang around with pastors sometimes, and, you know, their churches are huge. And, you know, I, 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 I think it is in three, three weeks today, I'm, I'm speaking in C3 San Diego. And it's a church of like 8,000 people. And, and, um, and I'm like, well, what am I going to say? You know, no pressure. This is just the other guest speakers that weekend is a guy called Bishop Boner who has a church of 18,000. But that's all right. Craig will rock up there. Something to say. You can feel so intimidated and you think that, that God speaks to them, but, but it, it just doesn't speak to me. And you start comparing yourself to others and you're like, so, I mean, I'm just, I just don't have it together like them. I mean, I don't even really read my Bible. And I pray when I need something every now and then. 
I, I had this situation the other week, I'm going to be honest with you, had a really bad headache. And I took, some of you are going to have a fit when I say this, but I took four Nurofen in one hit to try and whack the thing. See, I told you you'd have a fit about it. Now you're really going to have a fit about this in a minute because four hours later, his story had shifted, so I whacked another four. Because my mum told me you can't overdose on Nurofen, but you can on paracetamol. So I don't want to be a druggie. And, uh, and about an hour after the second lot, I've still got this headache. And then I felt this, this gentle voice. You could pray for healing. Oh. <laughs> so, you know what? We all have this. And so God, God doesn't want to speak to me because he, he knows my struggle. He he knows my sin. He knows my shortcomings. He knows there's times I haven't read my Bible. He knows there's times I haven't prayed. He knows there's times where I haven't really served with a whole heart, but I've kind of done it because I doing you a favor, Craig, by turning up on a Sunday. And, you know, and I was distracted in life and I got sidetracked. And, and God knows all of this. So <laughs> why would he speak to me? I mean, God knows all of this. And and we find ourselves like, why would God speak to me? Because I've got all this, I got all this baggage and this garbage that I'm bringing with me. But Samuel, First Samuel chapter three, should fill you and it should fill me with such great hope, because God speaks to Samuel, a kid that just didn't have it all together. God speaks to the regular people, not to Eli the priest, but to the kid. I think it's awesome that God bypass what would traditionally be the right process. That God would come and speak to the priest, the high priest, the chief priest of the temple. But God, God just doesn't do things traditional. God just doesn't do things. He doesn't go looking for the spiritual elite or people that got their act together. God goes looking to talk to everybody and he finds a 12-year-old boy who's just probably trying to get through puberty, let alone anything else in life. He just doesn't even understand what's going on. He doesn't really know what's going on. And he knows he's dropped off there as a young child because his mother promised God that if she would give birth to a child, she'd dedicate him back to the temple. And so all he knew from a young age is that he was just there to serve Eli and do whatever Eli wanted. And so he had this idea about how the temple went, but he'd never heard God's voice. He didn't know what it meant when God speaks. He did not have his act together. He was 12, but God bypassed the one that everybody thought that God would speak to because he loves to speak to regular people, people with baggage, people with sin, people with their issues, people with problems, people with all that going on. Why? Because God loves you and it's not, he's a father and he's, not, he, he's better than you or not. It's like when my kids are having problems, or when my kids are misbehaving, I don't stop talking to them. They may stop talking to me and go shove themselves away in their bedrooms because, you know, we're just horrible parents. But I don't stop talking to them. I don't stop going to their room and saying, hey, dinner's ready. And then when they turn around and go, what's for dinner? And you tell them what's for dinner. <coughs> I don't stop talking to them. I don't stop talking to them when they're not living the way that they should. I don't stop talking to them. Why, why, why do you think that God would stop talking to you? Surely when life is a shambles, surely when life 
is complicated. Surely when circumstances and situations are gone, that's the time we want him to speak the most, isn't it? Isn't that the time as a parent that you pull your kid aside and talk to them the most when they've got stuff going on in their world that you see needs to be addressed? Why is it that we think that God forsakes us in our mess when actually he died on the cross to deliver us from our mess? Come on, friend. It's just a lie of the enemy to think that God only speaks to particular people and he doesn't speak to me. Samuel 1 Samuel 3 just gives us so much hope because God speaks to regular people, even people that don't understand it and don't get it. Don't get me wrong, friend. I wish that my obedience my, my obedience was perfect and that every time God spoke 100% of the time, I responded immediately and did exactly what he said. But if I was honest with you, that doesn't happen. But what I can do is this, and what you can do is this, based on what we heard last week, is we can keep our hearts humble. We can keep our hearts humble, be real about who we are, and then be open when God is speaking until you learn until you learn his sound, until you learn his voice, until you understand what he's saying. I want to tell you this morning that he speaks to me and he speaks to you. He speaks to you. Oh, but Craig, I've never heard him. Well, maybe it's just the second time or the third time. Maybe you're just Samuel and you're just trying to work it out a little bit. But I want to tell you this morning that he speaks to you and he speaks to me. And there's five ways that he does that that I hope will help you this morning. The first thing is this. A humble heart always ushers in the voice of God. A humble heart always ushers in the voice of God. I already said this before, but I think it's interesting that God didn't speak through the established religion of Eli, but he actually came and spoke to a boy, spoke to Samuel, I might be getting a little bit older physically. I know I still look about 22. But what I think is what's sad is not growing old physically, it's growing old in your heart. I don't care how old I get, I always want to be young at heart. I always want to have a young heart. A young heart for worship, a young heart for service, a young heart for faith, a young heart for giving, a young heart for loving God's house. Why? Because in Luke 18, God specifically speaks to this in verse 15 to 17. It says, people were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them, told them to stop bringing their kids to him. But Jesus called the children to him and said, hey, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What is God saying? He's not talking about being childish. He's talking about being childlike. Children have this ability to be so adaptable, so pliable. They're so interested in learning. That's why you go through the stage of why, 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 why? You know that stage where you just want to shut up. Why, why? Because they're learning. They're so teachable. They just soak up everything. 
They're so adaptable. New things are not a problem. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 45 this year, but I can tell you now, I, I'm, it's like, Madison, I'm having trouble with my phone. Can you fix it? You know, how they have parents out here. I'm trying to find something on the internet. The computer's not working for me. Kids, come help me. And they come running in. Oh, you've got to turn it on at the wall. Oh, awesome. You know what I'm saying? They just, they just have this ability. They just have this ability. They pick up an iPad and, and, and they might be two months old and they know exactly what to do with it. There's, children just have this ability to stay young and be fresh and vibrant. There's not a lot of things that upset them. And if they do get upset at a young age, they very quickly snap out of it by just going, hello, little buddy. And they start to smile at you or you blow raspberries on their neck or on their belly and all, all the world's come alive again. And he's saying, man, if, if, if you can be childlike, where your heart is just young, where it's pliable, where it's adaptable, where you don't get stuck in how things should be, but you, you're willing to learn and go with the new things. I, I think it's put this way when Jesus said, you can't put new wine into old wineskins. It's not that old wineskins are bad, but old wineskins can only hold the old wine because the new wine will cause the old wineskin to burst. And I think that there's something that God's trying to say here is that if we can keep our lives pliable, if we can keep our wineskins young, then we'll always receive the freshness. We'll always receive the new wine. He's not talking about being childish. He's talking about being childlike, not stuck in your old ways. Don't be a pro about this journey with Jesus. You know, I meet some people and you know, they've been Christians for 35 years and they think they know everything. You know, the more I pastor, the more I realize I don't know anything. Just be open. Don't be a pro. Don't become a professional Christian where you think you know everything because you've been around for a while. You know, this is really corny, but I'm going to say this this morning. Don't go pro, go low. Stay humble. Don't go pro, go low. Remember, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Second thing is, I'm going to get through this quickly. Second thing is, is this. Every verse speaks his voice. Every verse speaks his voice. When you mix your faith with his word, it becomes purpose and truth in your life. I haven't heard God speak. Every verse speaks his voice. When you read it, every verse, when you read your Bible, every verse speaks His voice. God is talking and communicating. And relationships, friend, only grow through communication. Your relationship won't grow unless you're talking. I, I don't know how many times I have marriage counseling sessions, and I'll tell you this, 95% of the times that that marriage is in trouble is because they stop talking. Stop communicating. You can only grow when you communicate. Daily communication. If I didn't talk to my wife every day, we'd have problems. We sit down. We talk every single day. How was your day? What happened in your day? What's happening with the kids tonight? Is Madison home for dinner? I don't know. Nobody knows because she has her own life now. She's 17. She doesn't even tell us anything anymore. We have no idea. She doesn't even tell us what time she's getting home anymore. They have no idea waiting up to quarter past two to make sure she's all right in the mornings. And she's out with these so-called responsible youth leaders. I don't know. 
I don't know what's happening in her world anymore. But we try to discover it. We try to, and we have this conversation and we communicate daily. Friend, try and have a relationship with God and not communicate with Him daily. Ask Him to speak to you, but you never talk to Him. So how do you know His voice? When she rings me up on the phone, I don't have to see her. I can recognize her voice. You can be at a crowded department store and your kid's gotten away from you and, and they're looking a little bit freaked out and you can go, honey, you don't even have to say their name and they hear your voice and come running because they recognize it. Why? Because there's daily communication that goes on. You see, learning God's word is not learning God's word. Learning God's word is learning his voice. Learning his voice. How do you know whether it's God speaking or not? Because if you know his word, you'll know whether it's him or not. Are you with me this morning? Number three, value his voice above all. Value his voice above all. Cut out all the competitive voices. Cut out all the other voices that compete with God's voice. Samuel was in the house of God. You know why Samuel was in the house of God? Because he had a mum called Hannah who cut out all the other voices that said that you're going to be barren for the rest of your life. You're never going to have any children. Even when she was weeping, if you read the story earlier, when she was weeping at the altar in great distress in the temple because she didn't have a child, Eli, the so-called man of God, the so-called pastor, came and rebuked her for being drunk at the early hours of the morning. She wasn't drunk. She was in grief about not having a child. When he realized that, he prayed for her and said, may God give you what you have prayed for. Samuel was there because his mum had learned to block out all the voices that said you'll never have a kid. Block out even the voice of a pastor who came along and rebuked her for being drunk. She blocked out all the voices that, that were in competition to what she needed to hear from God. And as soon as she got that word from Eli, from God, you will have a son. She said, God, if you give me the son, I'll give him back to you. And that's why Samuel was there. Because he had a mum who prayed. He had a mum who wasn't distracted. Mums and dads, if we could learn to pray for our kids in a way that Hannah prayed for her kid and not get distracted because all of a sudden they're going in a direction you don't want them to go in. Or they're starting some behaviors that you don't really like. Stick to your prayer. Don't deviate. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by the friends they're making. Don't let those voices conquer your prayer. You pray and you keep praying. My mum and dad prayed for my brother. My brother nearly went to prison for credit card fraud and all sorts of things. And they prayed and they just prayed and they just prayed. The problem prayer that they prayed initially was they asked God to protect him. And then they realized, no, no, he doesn't need protection. God needs to bring him to his knees and then they didn't pray for protection anymore, but they just prayed that God would bring him to his knees so that he would find him. But they didn't deviate. They didn't, they didn't get distracted. They stayed on course. As you know, some of you, my mum prayed for my Uncle Rex for 58 years. 58 years she prayed for him to be saved. Never deviated, never distracted, stayed on course. Man, if you can lock out every other voice but God's voice. Samuel was there because he had a mum who ignored all the competitive voices and just looked for the voice of God. You know, understand something? God doesn't yell at us. He doesn't yell at us. I wish he would. Sometimes I wish it would be a neon sign, you know, flashing, and so I'd understand what was going on. 
So often we're asking God to turn up his voice when God's asking you to turn down your life. I want God to speak louder when God's just saying, just bring your volume down. You see, the Bible says this, that God tends to speak in whispers. And the reason why he tends to speak in whispers is because of this. For you to hear him means you have to be close. For you to hear him means that you have to be close, intimate, close. I don't know about you, but if there's something I don't want the kids to hear, I whisper in Trinity's ear. I get close. She has to be close to hear what it is that I'm saying. God speaks in whispers not because he doesn't want you to hear him. He speaks in whispers so that you get close to him because he wants to have a relationship with you. Fourth thing is, share what he says. Share what he says. It goes on and it says that Samuel shared what God had said to him. The reality is for a lot of people, before they hear God's voice, guess what? They're going to hear your voice. Come on, friend. Some people, before they ever hear God's voice, they're going to hear your voice, and in hearing your voice, they'll learn to hear God's voice. Some of you need to be God's voice into your friends and your family and your circumstances. They don't know how to hear God's voice. But as you learn to hear God's voice, you can become God's voice to them, and then they learn from that to hear God's voice. Are you with me this morning? God wants to speak to me. With all of my baggage and stuff and all of your stuff, God wants to speak to me. And you know what? He also wants to speak to others through me. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. And my goal for you today, for you and I today, my goal especially for you today, is for you to understand, leaving here, I want you to leave here knowing that God wants to speak to you. That there's nothing that you've done, whatever you think that you've done or whatever you think is the reason why he can't speak to you, friend, none of it is true. You think, oh, I just haven't obeyed him in the past when he's spoken to me. It doesn't stop him speaking. He'll just keep on speaking. Oh, I haven't bothered to listen before. That's okay. God will keep on speaking. Sometimes when I'm calling the kids for dinner, I don't stop calling them just because they're ignoring me. Are you with me this morning? God's going to keep on speaking. He's a loving God. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. God wants to speak to you. God does speak to you. And tomorrow, friend, is just another day, another opportunity to hear His voice, to understand His voice, and to get a clarity about His voice. And then when you start hearing Him speak to you, the fifth thing that I want you to do is whatever He says, do it. Whatever He says, do it. Obedience is our love language to God. Obedience is our love language to God. The Bible says it's better to obey than sacrifice. Obedience, just what he tells you to do, do it. Now, in the learning process of it, maybe you want to get some good advice from somebody that you you know, know is mature in their Christianity, just in case. Just in case you wake up in the morning and you think God told you to go and buy a Ferrari Testarossa. Just in case. Although I feel like that's a word. I have found when I do what he says, everything makes sense. I found that when I do what he says, I actually find my purpose and my destiny along the way. Everything makes sense. When I don't do what, I, what he says, I just find myself confused. I just find, because I'm trying to work it out. Are you with me? You're trying to work it out. I'm trying to work out what's going on here. 
And the thing is, you can't work out your life. He works out your life. And so when I do what he tells me to do, my, well, my life works out for me. But when I try to work it out myself, it just ends up in confusion. Because he knows what he's doing. It says this about Samuel in verse 19 of chapter 3. It says, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And listen to this. He let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In other words, everything that Samuel said happened. Everything that Samuel said happened. Why? Because Samuel just said everything that God said to him. Samuel just did everything that God told him to do. And it says with Samuel that not a word fell to the ground. Everything happened. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beshesta, recognized that Samuel was attested or proven as a prophet of God. Why? Because at a young age, Samuel decided that he'll position himself as close to the Ark of the Covenant, as close to God as he could, as close to his presence as he could. And then he got this great piece of advice that just said this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He didn't let his misunderstandings get in the way. He didn't let his age get in the way. He didn't let the fact that God didn't speak through the priest but came through him. He didn't let all the things that would distract him get in the way. He just stayed on living as close as he could to God's presence with a life that just said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then he did what God told him to do every time. And the Bible says this of Samuel that it doesn't say about any other person in the Bible that everything that Samuel said happened. Why? Because Samuel had a relationship with Jesus and he just did what God told him to do. Even though the first time God spoke to him, he didn't hear it, he didn't recognize it, he learned to value God's voice. He learned to hear it over time. And friend, I want to tell you this morning, God speaks to you. God speaks to you. You may not hear it the first time. You may not get it right the first time. But don't give up on Him because He doesn't give up on you. And He's going to keep speaking until you learn to recognize His voice. He's going to keep on speaking to you. He doesn't give up on you. He doesn't quit on you. He doesn't let sin get in the way of Him speaking. As the Bible says this, that nothing separates us from the love of God. Nothing you could ever do ever stops Him from speaking to you. I, I, I Speaking to some people this morning here, because I really believe you think that God doesn't speak to you or God can't speak to you because of what has happened or, or whatever has happened in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say anything like that. The Bible says this, nothing separates us. He speaks. He speaks to you. He speaks to me. He speaks. Every verse has His voice. He speaks. I don't care what anybody has ever told you or you've ever thought about yourself, what you've ever believed, God speaks to you. You know why? Because He wants a personal relationship with you. He doesn't want to speak to you via me, because then I have the relationship, and I become your go-between. Could you imagine a marriage like that? Dave comes and lives at our house, and every time I want to say something to Trinity, I say it to Dave. Dave goes and tells Trinity, Trinity responds, Dave comes and tells me. How, how well do you think that's going to pan out? I mean, I know he does have the godly beard. And he's spiritually elite. God speaks to you. 
oh, I'm just regular. I'm, an, I'm a new Christian. I've only really given my life to Christ recently. I've only really made a serious decision about following Him recently. And what? God speaks to you. I, I haven't even given my life to Christ. Guess what? God speaks to you. How can God speak to me when I'm not even a Christian? Because God loves you. And whether you're a Christian or not, doesn't stop him from speaking to you. When my brother was dealing drugs and doing all sorts of things that my parents didn't like, they still spoke to him. They didn't cut him off. Where does it ever say in Scripture that if you don't do what God wants you to do, I'm going to cut you off? He doesn't say that at all. It says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that if you would believe in Him, you could have a relationship with Him. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. He didn't come to hold things against you. He came to speak to you. David put it best. He goes, my soul knows really well. The reality is even if whether you know God or not, you know that God speaks to you because you're here this morning because God spoke to you. You're not here because of a decision you made. You're here because God spoke to you. And it drew you here. God speaks to you. I just can't say it enough. God speaks to you. Why don't we just all close our eyes just for a moment? I don't know everybody here this morning. I don't know whether everybody here knows Jesus this morning. I don't know if everybody here has given their life to Christ this morning, but I know this much. I know that God got you here this morning because He's speaking to you. And He wants you to know this. He wants you to know that He loves you, that He is for you and not against you, that it doesn't matter what state your life is in. God didn't come for the perfect, but He came for everyone. He said this once, Jesus said this, that the healthy don't need a doctor, the sick do. See, the problem with most people is once they become Christians or been Christians long enough, they become what we call professional Christians where they act like they've got it all together and then wonder why God never speaks to them because He comes for the sick, those that are just able to say, you know what, here I am. I'm like Samuel, I don't get this, I don't understand this, I don't really know what's going on, but I know that you're speaking to me. And He would say to you this morning that He wants to save you. He wants to deliver you, not condemn you, not make you feel guilty. He just wants you to be loved with a love that surpasses your understanding. So if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you know that you're far from Him and you need to get back on track this morning, and I'll just ask you very, very shortly, I'm going to ask you shortly, just lift up your hand and when I see it, I ask you to put it down and that's all I'm going to ask you to do this morning. So while no one's looking, so I don't want anyone embarrassed, if you're here this morning, oh man, I want to give my life to Christ or I know I need to make a recommitment and get my life back on track with Him. If that's you this morning, can you just lift your hand and when I see it, I ask you to put it down. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else this morning that needs to do that? Thank you. Anybody else this morning? Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else this morning? I'm afraid maybe you've been a Christian for a long, long time. Thank you. You've been a Christian for a long, long time. The Bible says this in Revelation. He said to the church, he said, 
this, I know all this amazing stuff that you do, all these great works that you do, but this one thing I hold against you, you're, you've lost your first love. I think there's some people, some people, you just lost your first love. You've just got so caught up in the doing that you forgot about being a child of God. That's you here this morning. It's your chance. Get back on track. Is there anybody like that this morning? May you all stand to your feet this morning. We're going to pray together. And if you put your hand up this morning, I ask you to pray this with everything in your heart. We're going to do this together. I just get you to repeat after me. Say, thank you, Jesus. Let's try that again. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you've forgiven me for my sin. I receive your forgiveness right now. Help me in this journey with you that I'd hear your voice and that I'd do what you say and that you bring me to the place that you always intended for me, filled with purpose and filled with destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning,